Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. This week's episode is proudly sponsored by Sizzap, which is the motorcycle tracker, and they also now do their device in 4G, meaning that all of you bikers over in the USA can now be covered by the Sizzap device. So go and check them out if you're on the hunt for a motorcycle tracker. I've had it on mine for a few months, huge fan of it, and highly recommended. Right, there are four I'm going to put this podcast episode, assuming I have time, into four sections. Firstly, I want to go through a Polish rider who sent me an email on a motorcycle brand I have never heard of. Second, I want to look at a specific Japanese motorcycle. Third, I want to look at a Japanese brand. And fourth and finally, I want to try and find the best motorcycle that I possibly can for under £2,000. Okay, I begin from Poland, from Tom. Hi, Freddie. Interesting recent episode. It reminded me of my purchase. A long time ago during high school, I bought a Soviet motorcycle from 1956. As I'm from Poland, mostly motorcycles from Eastern countries were available. It was the late 1990s and I paid the equivalent of $40 for the bike. Now, even the, uh, sorry, now the average price for those motorcycles is £3,000. So if you're interested in what it is, it's, and apologies for this, I assume it's Izh. IZ, that's literally it. So the brand I think is IZ or IZ 350cc. It has the, po- the possibility to change gear by foot as usual, but also by hand, and it also has a gear lever. Isn't that cool? Well, Tom, 
I decided to do a bit of research on these because I've never come across them. But I am interested in these extremely fringe bikes that I would usually have no idea about. So I decided to take a look and see what I can pick up. How much is it to buy an Ij and where can I find one? So I couldn't find one in the UK for starters. It seems the only place I can find one genuinely is Eastern Europe. So the majority of these seem to be over in Poland. And they are lovely looking machines. I think they may have some connection to Ural, possibly the, uh, the, the Russian brand, although I'm not sure about that and I welcome being corrected on that. Lovely looking machines, make them I think in 350cc, possibly even as small as a tiny 49cc bike. Prices started around, around about a thousand pounds. And I'm just clicking on one now, which is the 350. And it, it looks like, it looks like, and this is all in Polish. It looks like there's some connection to Java, J-A-W-A, which is, I believe, the Czech motorcycle brand, and also some connection to Ural, although because it's all in Polish, I cannot understand it. But the one I've got up here looks a lot like, it looks a lot like a, a Java motorcycle, which is something I actually want to get to in a later episode. These are great looking motorbikes that were never properly sold or haven't been properly sold in the UK for the very, very best of my knowledge, but they look great. The ones I'm specifically keen on are the ones that I can tell are out and out ish motorcycles. So if you're on the hunt, you can pick up for 4,700 zloty, that's the Polish currency, and I'll put this into a converter now. You're looking at, in fact, they start at 800 pounds for one of these ish motorcycles in a mint green, rusted frame, but they've got that gloriously classic 1950s silhouette. There is a huge amount of patina on this one. It's from 1960 and it looks like it hasn't been restored at all. In fact, I'd be amazed if it had. But if you're looking for an out there bike, go and check out IZ Ish Motorcycles. You will be looking over in Poland. I saw a few for sale in Ukraine, but unfortunately, with everything that's going on in Ukraine, I did see a company over there that was advertising them. And they've basically had to apologize to all of their customers who had ordered these bikes because everything's had to go on hold with the Russian invasion. So it's very, very much based over in the east of Europe, but fascinating looking bikes. Although because they're so Eastern European, honestly, almost everything I found out about the bikes is is written in some Eastern European language. So very difficult for me to find anything out about them. But there you go, a brand I had never heard about. Right, I move on. And I'm, I'll take you back to one and a quarter hours ago when I drove over to meet Monica for a morning coffee. See, Monica did a long walk, 45 minutes along the coast to get her steps in. And I decided to drive and meet her after she'd done her walk. So we went for a coffee. And on the way back from the coffee in the small town of El Medino in Tenerife, I walked past a Honda CB900 classic 1980s looking bike and I thought that is a bike that is aged unbelievably well. It's from a time before 
the CB900s were, were called the Hornets, probably a time that most of us would associate with the CB900s. I think the Hornet came out maybe 2006 or so. This is before that. This is when it was just an out-and-out CB900. Circular headlamp, and i tell you what I'll do. I'll actually get a picture up of it on my phone. Circular front headlamp, really comfortable looking twin seats. Just chrome circular mirrors, twin gauges. This one's in electric blue. Stainless steel, uh, silver engine and all of the casings completely stripped back just with a little additional plastic bit of a fairing spoiler that extends around about 20 centimeters past the rear seat in that classic 80s style. But it's, it's a glorious looking machine and I thought, why is this something that I've never properly considered? Am I sometimes guilty of overlooking these, these beautiful old Japanese motorcycles? And I did think to myself when I saw it, why did I never consider this? You know, I've had a Suzuki Bandit. I've had a Suzuki RS600 from 1993. I've had a, I've had a Honda. A Honda CB500F, the classic commuter from 2005. That won't win any looks awards, although it's not an ugly thing. But why didn't I consider this? Arguably the cooler, older brother. So, I immediately headed on to probably the best place for these, eBay, to have a look and see what I could find. How much will it cost? to get one of these 1980s Honda CB900s. And I have been hugely surprised. I, I honestly thought now these would have hit absolute rock solid classic levels, cost-wise, value-wise, residual-wise, but they haven't at all. If you go through them, you'll see all of the newer ones, they call them the Honda CB900 Hornet, and while I'm sure they will get better with age, they are still not at that beautifully classic level looks-wise yet. So we're looking specifically the 80s ones here. And they come in at a £1,000. I'm looking at one right now. And it's a custom CB900 from 1980. It is a custom one. And custom motorcycles are a little bit hit and miss with regards to residual values. But have a listen to this. Hi, I'm afraid I have to sell my lovely bike due to losing my space uh, to keep it. It's a perfect project. It needs a little bit of cosmetic work to be perfect. The, uh, it needs carb adjustment. Uh, it starts and rides. It's got the logbook. The last service and new clutch was done two years ago. And the, since then, I've only done 200 miles on the clock. I still have the original parts to put the bike back to standard. And all views uh, are welcome before bidding. Only serious bidders, please. I'm not in a rush to sell and no stupid offers. Well, for £1,000, what you get is a bike that you'll have to take a little bit of a risk on. But roughly speaking, there's no more than surfaced rust on this bike. How big a risk do you want to take? That's the question. For me personally, I am no bike mechanic, so I will carry on looking. Honda CB, I mean, even the CB900 Hornets, you know, getting those for under 4K, that's a good deal. The first one that really springs to mind, 
that see that's imported it needs logbooks in, in fact the, the longer you look the more you realize maybe they are a bit thinner on the ground than i thought but i found one here still on ebay three and a half thousand pounds for this one now this one is a 1980 model and if i'm right i think they came out in 1979 and the interesting thing about this is it's being sold from a company that cl that claims themselves as the UK's premier importer of classic motorcycles. That, that is a key factor in engaging whether a bike is imminently to be classic or a classic already. The fact that now they've started importing them over to the UK from other countries. And what we have here, I, I'm, I will describe this as best I can. It's in beautiful, beautiful original condition with the biggest backrest I have ever seen on a motorcycle. It looks genuinely like a sofa. Brilliant, proper two-seater saddle with two very, very clearly defined seating areas. Swept back handlebars in burgundy color, that single front headlamp, all the chrome in glorious condition. It's got that megaphone exhaust just hiding half of the rear wheel. It is as good a looking motorcycle as I've ever seen. And it's a 900cc Honda and it's three and a half thousand pounds. It's done 18,000 miles. But have a listen to this, okay? Because what I'm noticing here with these classic Honda CB900s, you've got to be a little bit careful with the ones you buy and you may have to do a bit of admin work. Have a listen to this. If you're reading this advert, the motorcycle is still for sale. Fresh in from the USA, um, Honda CB900, custom in original factory candy muse, five-speed transmission with high and low ratio. I have no idea what that means. Um, high and low ratio? Sounds more like a Land Rover Defender or something. It was last in use in December. Uh, sorry, it was in use still last year in the USA. Fuel tank is 10 out of 10, starts, runs, rides, great exhaust pipes, a good solid battery. May require recommissioning, but be quick. CB900s are getting hard to find in this condition, so it won't be long here at this price. Uh, all classics purchased nationwide, yada, yada, yada. Have a listen to this. The bike is not UK registered, but comes with all the paperwork to show the duties have been paid for the USA. So, it will cost a £55 registration fee, but this, th these are bikes that we really should be looking at here. The CB900s, you know, you can find them. And the next one on the list, £2,500. 1982 Honda CB900, unregistered UK import, classic running restoration. This looks like a running theme here. Uh, again, the next one from the USA, free shipping to the UK. Okay, th this, is, this is turning into a little bit more in depth than I initially thought when I started my searches. I'm going to have another look just at two more to see if I can actually find a genuine UK bike because it sounds like it's turning into some decent business here where, where these bikes are actually getting imported over to the UK or possibly, possibly they never actually sold them in the UK. So if I go to... Maybe my only chance here is actually going over to 
to bike trader, to auto trader the bike section and having a look to see if it's possible. CB, and I don't, I don't think it is. I think we're going to definitely be looking at imported ones. So you have to make sure that you're happy to do the paperwork, but I'm looking at ones, there aren't a huge amount. I'm looking at them two and a half K plus, but if you want, if you want a really clean one, you're going to be looking at £9,995. And what you get for paying top, top dollar is a bike that's registered in the UK, so you don't have to worry about anything. This one's got six owners from new, 22,000 miles. Here we have one of the best conditioned bikes that we have ever seen. It's absolutely stunning. This is a UK first generation FZ model. It comes fitted uh, with a great looking uh, rare bow seat, yada, 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 yada. UK bike. So they did sell them in the UK. And if you want a UK one in immaculate condition, you're looking at spending almost every single penny up to 10,000 pounds. But wow, there is nothing better looking than that in my eyes. It is a stunningly good looking motorcycle. So go and check them out. I wanted to give you a quick overview on this just before I move on from these, because these have really opened my eyes, these uh, CB900s. Because they're an old bike, th the best example I can give you is from a review that came out in 2006. And, and in that review, they just go into a little bit of detail about the motorcycle's history and if it's a good buy. And everything that I've been reading says that it's an incredibly good bike with very, very solid handling. And it actually goes above and beyond. And it's one of the better handling motorcycles of its era with that bulletproof 95 horsepower CB900 engine. By the looks of things, the first CB900 came out in 1979. Uh, so you're going to be looking at one from 79 to 84, 85 in theory. I think they weighed about, I think they actually weighed about 233 kilos. Should have a drink, run meal. So they were no lightweight at all. That's got to be a pick for Japanese bikes. Okay, I'm moving on. Take a look though, 79 to 85 Honda CB900. This, I'm, I'm starting to have a bit of a, a love affair looking at these old Japanese bikes. I won't give too much away, but I should be riding one, a 1990 Honda on this, this coming Friday, so in three days time. And I'm starting to appreciate them more and more the more I look at them. See, if I go on to Let's go on to Auto Trader, Bike Trader, and I just click Honda, nothing else, and I click More Options. Just letting it load up, here we go. And I click on the, the maximum year, and I go to, let's say 19, let's say 1990, meaning the bike will now be 32 years old as, uh, I want bikes 32 years or older, in essence. And what can we get for that as a Honda? Because they age so incredibly well. They age just as well for me as the Triumphs or the Ducatis or anything else from that era. And, you know, you're looking at bikes that are coming in. If I start from lowest price first, 
You know, you can get the old Honda GL1100 Goldwing 1983 model. This is before fairings. £2,990, 60,000 miles on the clock. How about a Honda C70? That tiny, not the monkey bike, but the one that looks like a monkey bike, 90cc, £1,500. How about a Honda CB750? £2,695 from 1981. Glorious original condition. I could go on and on, but go and check them out. Right, let's get to the main event here. I want to find the best motorcycle I can for under £2,000. I've got 10 minutes to do it, and I promise you I'm doing this from scratch to find out if it were my money and money was tight, what can I get? Is it possible to buy a motorcycle that I would be genuinely proud of for under £2,000? How many compromises do I actually have to make? So, I will clear everything. The year, the brand, everything apart from the money, price. Max, and this is going to be hard considering the issues we're having at the moment with, uh, with all of these semiconductors which are still very much ongoing. So I know this will be difficult. Uh, I tell you one other thing I'll do. I'll put it as a minimum CC, 500 CC to make sure I get a bike that can cover me in all situations. Okay, we're off. 184 bikes on Auto Trader for Bikes, below 2,000 pounds and 500 CC plus. Where should we start? Should we start, let's start with the lowest price first. I was about to say, shall I start with the highest? No. Now, let's, let's be honest here. I always start with the lowest price first when I'm doing a search for myself. Okay, Yamaha XJ600 Diversion from 1998. That's a good solid 60 horsepower bike. I mean, that's a good bike. You know, that's a very good bike. 98, 60 horsepower, 800 pounds, Japanese, won't go wrong. 12,000 miles on the clock. That's a, that would last you a lifetime. Uh, Honda Pan European from 95, that's 850 pounds. Another Yamaha XJ600 Diversion. Ah, oh, it's just, I wanna see if I can get anything slightly more special. I want to hold out for something a bit more. Well, Honda CBR 1000 from 1992, that's 950 pounds. Oh, I'll still hold out, I'll hold out. Hmm. Yamaha XJ6 from 1991. Only one picture of the bike. But that, that could potentially be something that I would consider. Let's have a look. I'm looking sideways here to check it out. Could be worth considering. Selling due to old age. The head is willing, the body isn't. I've had it for two years, done less than a thousand miles since the last MOT. Blue five owners from new, 950 pounds with, with 33 miles on the clock. It's always, in fact, this genuinely looks immaculate. I would recommend this bike to anyone looking. And it's the best type of person to buy from. Buy, buying from an older owner who's only selling because he's, he, he physically can't ride anymore. 
it means there's a very good chance you're going to be buying a loved motorcycle that will be a reluctant sale rather than someone who's just flipping bikes. And it looks really good. The fact that they've taken only one photo of the bike and I have to tilt my head 90 degrees to actually look at it, lets me know that he won't be marketing this bike to the best of its potential. So there's a huge amount of chance to get a good deal there. So Yamaha XJ6, classic look, circular front headlamp, headlamp stripped back. That, that is number one so far. Okay, time is ticking. What have you got, Fred? You've got six minutes to find one. Oh, this is good. Honda CB600F. Hornet, 1999 model. This is completely coincidentally the, the later version of the CB900 I was talking about, but in 600cc guys. And you can get one of those for under a thousand pounds, 68,000 miles on the clock, electric blue. But I want something more special. I want to see if I can get something more special. And I may have found it. Kawasaki GPZ 550. Now this, this is a stripped back 1990 model. Completely standard, square front headlamp. There's some rust on it. It needs a little bit of TLC. Oh no, no, I, I need to hold out for something more special. I would consider that genuinely, but I want to hold out for something even more special. That looks maybe a little bit too ratty for me. Can I? Can I get something even more special? Let's have a look. Oh. Just lost my search, so let's go back to it. Okay, where was I? Here we go, right. And I'll put in 500cc again. Right, I'm back on it, I'm back on it. I'm going to page two now. Let's have a look what we can get. Is there anything what else are we going to get as the price goes up? Yamaha FZR 600. Excellent condition. You know, you can get excellent condition, new MOT. In fact, this is a sponsored one, so that's £2,000. So £2,000 gets you a, a, an excellent condition, new MOT, 1993 Yamaha FZR 600. I was actually considering those when I first passed my test, but they were... 100, I remember it vividly, 120 pounds over my budget, so I had to get the Suzuki RF600. Oh, I tell you what, this is probably number one for me now. Hmm, US import, 1,399 pounds, Yamaha XV535 Virago. It's Yamaha's cruiser bike, gigantic amount of chrome, looks brilliant. Immaculate condition, 7,000 miles on the clock. Bike supplied with one key. Uh, no, actually, I'll, I'll correct myself here. Bike is in average condition, but would benefit from, from some general maintenance. Okay, okay. That's, that's a consideration there. Suzuki GS600, Yamaha Phaser. I knew I'd see loads of those. Okay, I'm pushing on. I'm going to page five. Let's max out the budget here. Suzuki Bandit 600, that was my fourth bike I owned. I paid 790 pounds for it, and I sold it a year and a half, two years later, for 200 pounds. Well, they're coming in at 1,200 pounds now. That is a sure thing for a future classic, 100%. Triumph Sprint 900cc, they come in at 1,950 pounds. Okay, 
£2,000 one to now. We're now on to £2,000 bikes and Honda Pan European Triumph Sprint 900. I'm going to page nine. I want to max every single penny I've got here. Honda CB600 Hornet. You know what I'm starting to think? If money is tight and you've got a budget of £2,000, I honestly don't think you're going to be able to find something more reliable and more usable on a day-to-day -day, day -day basis than a 600cc Honda Hornet. I'm just checking now and I think, I think that may be my call. Suzuki Bandits, Honda CB, Suzuki GSX. Final page, here we go. Can something beat the Hornet? Ducati 750, highly modified Ducati 750. Who'd have guessed you could get a Ducati 750 under 2,000 pounds? I've got to say though, this, is, this has been modified beyond recognition. I've never seen a modified bike like this. It has been completely cut to pieces and rebuilt almost to the point where you don't recognize it and they're asking 2,000 pounds, probably because that will be incredibly difficult to sell, I'd imagine. Uh, Yamaha Diversion, okay, and Suzuki Jest. Nope, that's it, okay. If it were my money, if I had 2,000 pounds, I would probably almost certainly be looking at the Honda Hornets, but, 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 if I were feeling, if I were feeling a little bit, a little bit brave, I may well be looking at one of those old, one of those old, I think it was the, the Yamaha from 1993. I may be looking at an old XJ Yamaha because some of those look extremely good and they've aged very, very well. But if I had to put my money on it, Honda, Hornet 600 for under 2,000 pounds, my pick. Okay, there's one final thing I forgot to get onto today that I want to share with you. And that is on the 25th of April, let's get this article up, where is it? Here we go. This is, this is something that I've, I've spoken about before, but it is, it is pertinent now with everything going on, with electrification of everything. Where's the industry going? So 25th of April, uh, MCN, uh, so 25th of April is the key date to remember, but MCN, Motorcycle News, have said, and I'm reading here, have your say. A survey has been launched ahead of the motorcycle modification debate. I've spoken about this before, but now finally on the 25th of April on Monday, British Parliament are going to get together and discuss the potential, the possibility, the viability of banning any kind of modification to your bike that will affect in any way the emissions. So you're going to be looking at air filters, you're going to be looking at exhausts, and also any type of motorcycle engine or performance, or specifically engine enhancements. Now, I've said before that in Spain, you cannot modify your motorcycles because they will flat out fail their annual check 
So what a lot of people do, they'll modify them and then they'll put them back to standard when the check comes around. But that is a lot of work that probably the majority of bikers just can't be bothered with. So the reality is, in Spain, and I'm sure it's the same with a lot of other countries, you cannot modify a bike, it's illegal. I think this may start to become more prevalent in the UK. And step one for this, it sounds like they're looking into banning anything with regards to the emissions. So 25th of May, they're going to be discussing, UK government discussing, whether they'll put a flat out ban on, on motorcycle exhausts and any type of modification for, for performance. So keep an eye on that because that would have huge, huge ramifications for not only the obvious stuff, the exhaust manufacturers, but huge business you know, modified motorcycles, custom motorcycles, where does this leave us? I just hope they don't go too far and say that we can't change anything on the bike, you know, like in Spain where everything has to be OEM stamped. Everything needs a stamp to show that it's an official registered part of that manufacturer. You know, the test people for the annual test in Spain, they will go and check every single element of your motorcycle. They will have a look and they will feel the outside of your mirrors to check that you've got that, I think they call it EU or OEM stamp to make sure, for example, my wing mirrors would say Triumph Motorcycles and they'd have the little code to confirm that is a, a genuine Triumph part. So I'll keep you posted as I hear more about this, but this is, this is fairly big news within the industry. So I'll be curious to see where this goes. Right. I will end it there. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. Thank you so much for Sizap for sponsoring this week's episode. I will include all of their details in the written description below. Have a fantastic week all, and I'll speak to you in the next one. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.